You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dubinay and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. And all right, welcome back to the Counting Lights Podcast. Bam! Here we go. We got a uh, we got a we got a new guest this week. A good guest this week. Uh, a big wrestling fan, but also with con- to incorporate some comedy. It's actually the manager of the Addison Improv, one of DFW's most prestigious comedy clubs. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jay McClintock. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi everybody. Thanks for having me. It's Hello, good to be Jay. on. How you doing, man? Feels good. First time. First time doing this, huh? First time. Yeah, first time. This is. Uh, this is definitely a new experience for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm used to talking into microphones, announcing shows and whatnot, but this is definitely a new avenue. <laughs> so, so tell us what's going on with the improv. Uh, yeah. uh, biggest thing right now is, you know, we're having our, we're having our shows on the weekends. Uh, we're following guidelines. You know, we're limited capacity. We're taking temperatures. We're, we have plenty of hand sanitizer. We do require a mask when you enter and when you're not eating or drinking. All that fun stuff. So uh, you can definitely come out and check us out. We're doing we do local showcases as well as national headliners. Uh, you can go to improvtx.com uh, for all upcoming showtimes. All right, now let's talk wrestling just for a little bit. What um, what got you into wrestling? Like who got you into wrestling? Uh, how long you've been watching wrestling? Um, yeah, because that, that was it for comedy. Just <laughs> yeah, there's the location. Go out to it. No, you know what? Uh, what's the uh, what's the weirdest part about doing about running a comedy club during a, a pandemic? Uh, it's just you know following following guidelines, and then also just you know checking the news to see what what's new each day. You know, it's a, this is very much a, a novel situation. <laughs> Unprecedented is a word that I'm sure we've you know we're all sick to death of hearing, but. You know, it's just you know trying to keep people safe while at the same time entertaining them. It's a it's a very delicate balance. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, any uh, any comics coming through in the upcoming upcoming weekends? Any? Yeah, we got uh, we got Bruce Bruce coming out next week. Uh, you know, That's after awesome. him, after him, we'll have Steve Trevino, uh, a guy that you know used to actually work in Addison, so it's good mm-hmm. to have him come back. Hometown. He's a kind of a local guy. Oh well, yeah, yeah. He's definitely. He started as a door guy, and uh, he lives. He, he lives in Texas now, still. And you know, yeah, he's been doing some, some big things. And then yeah, we got we got a few few more uh, few more hits. Uh, you know, until you've got a lot, of, a lot of local guys coming out. I see that uh, you've got Angela Walker and friends. Oh yeah, Angela Walker and friends, Raphael Sangillian friends, Des O'Neill and friends. Uh, uh, we got Jesse Payton and friends. We got a, a Day of the Dead showcase on November first. That's going to be a lot of fun. When is Dan Danzy and friends? No, that was the show I was going to pitch. Dan Danzy and absolute strangers. Yeah, just no. Everyone. They're not, bro. They're not. That one I might get on. They're not even comics. (laughs) (laughs) Just Dan Danzy and eight random people he met. Dan Danzy and people I found at the mall. That would that might actually be a pretty interesting show. If it sells tickets, uh, I'm telling you, I am I am the local genius of the scene. It is just not appreciated yet. That's exactly right. Dan Danzy and people who aren't comics, but it sells itself. Jay, they invite their friends. Hey, I'm performing at a comedy club because this weird koala walked up to me at a hot topic. Oh, fuck Dan Danzy, just put me on a show, would you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, man. We'll do. We know it's funny, Dan. Is like you could be like you could be like our version of like the heel comic and. In Dallas, I thought I already was. I thought I, I think that's a shoot. Yeah, yeah, it's I a shoot. I already was. <laughs> it's just that he stopped drinking and now he's less of a dickhole. Yeah. 
Oh no, you're probably a lot more fun when you're drinking, bro. No, I was not. No, no, you no. no. <laughs> see, I knew Dan. I know Dan when he was sober. No, no. You know when you like see like an old video of Scott Hall? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, we're glad you're sober there, Dan. He's then. gonna be dead next week. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, okay, let's let's talk uh, let's talk wrestling. Hey everybody, Dan here with Counting Lights Podcast. We just wanted to interrupt the episode for a little bit and thank you guys for listening. We have over 800 downloads and that's not possible without listeners like you. Just a couple of reminders. You can find us on Twitter now at counting underscore lights. Also, email us questions. We want to do a whole interview where we just, or a whole episode rather, where we just answer questions questions and you can ask those questions at countinglightspodcast at gmail.com also keep an eye out for our patreon account coming soon and just a quick reminder you're going to hear this a lot in the next couple of episodes november 14th counting lights podcast presents brawl for it all Two at oak highlands brewery you can get tickets at oak highlands brewery's website and their facebook in the facebook event guys I'm not going to interrupt uh, the episode any longer. There was some audio equipment failure with this episode, but we were able to save a good portion. So enjoy this episode with Jay McClintock. We're going to have him back soon. Without further ado, here's the rest of the Counting Lights podcast episode with Jay McClintock. I was talking about uh, Bobby Eaton being uh, one of the more humble no, Bobby's guys. No, Bobby's, a, Bobby's a, just a naturally nice guy. Yeah, like Bobby is just one of those guys that never gets upset. Uh, I heard Cornette tell a story about uh, the only time he ever saw Bobby really lose his fucking cool when they were starting an angle with the Freebirds in WCW, and mm, the, and, uh, and that um, the Freebirds were taking liberties with him and not selling shit. Mm. So Michael Hayes and, and Jimmy Garvin. And then they would bring, in between the times that uh, he was in Japan, they'd bring Bam Bam over. And they were just running rough shot. And so what they did was they, they teamed the Midnight Express with baby faces, and they teamed them with Dr. Death, and then they was, would be the Freebirds with Bam Bam. And, uh, they were, and, and Michael and, uh, um, and, Terry, and uh, I mean, Jimmy Garvin weren't selling shit. And they were like, fucking the biggest motherfucker there is Bam Bam. He's the only one fucking selling anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so they do the finish, and the Freebirds come back on him and decide to beat the shit out of him after the match. And fucking Dr. Death just fucking goes out and gets one of those big slatted chairs with the wood and just fucking starts swinging it. Yeah. And, you know, and fucking Bob takes fucking... Jimmy Garvin's head off. Oh, wow. And they all fucking go to the back and they turn around, have the gall to turn around and go, What's wrong with you motherfuckers? Free birds a bit. That's so awesome. That's such a great story. And fucking, and, uh, and, uh, you know, Doc's still fucking not, is fucking losing his shit, fucking wanting to swing chairs at him and shit. And uh, finally, Bobby just fucking loses his shit and he goes, Hey, man, like, you know, fucking raising his voice just a teeny tiny bit. Hey, motherfuckers, we're not here to fucking get you over. Yeah, yeah. And, and everybody looked at Bobby like, did Bobby just say that? And you'll notice, like, Bobby never did it, said anything in an interview. Yeah. Nothing, ever, hardly, at all. That's why he had Jim Cornette. Because he was so fucking meek and, and quiet, but mm-hmm. just a fucking great 
work. Well, well they, they, they said working with Bobby, they called it a night off. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know who else was like that? Owen Hart. Oh, yeah. Mm. Fucking, I wrestled Owen, Owen, and it was like, like wrestling a pillow, man. Did he ever pull a rib on you? Did he ever pull no, a No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, around, I wasn't out on tour long enough. Yeah. You know, you only pull ribs on guys that you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't even, know somebody, yeah. you don't do don't pull a rib on them. No. Well, what was that like being in being in the ring with with Owen? Oh, just fucking it's like working with a pillow, bro. Yeah. It was just so easy. It's like he like I remember him, the finish was they came off uh like I you know, you take a big uh power bomb from uh from the anvil and then as you fucking land he, you know, Owen's already in the fucking air yeah, dropping yeah. the elbow. And when he hit me with that elbow across my chest and neck, it was like, like literally didn't fucking touch me. Oh, wow. And it was just like, he was such a great worker. I always considered him the best of the Hart family. Definitely the most athletic, yeah. natural, well, and athletic. Definitely the guy who got the business. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got the business, the whole all-around business. And he had an exit plan, too. Yeah. And it wasn't going to be, from the sound of it, it wasn't going to be that much longer, you know, past his actual death. But he was he was apparently more than prepared. He wanted to go back and be a teacher. I remember getting mm. that phone call, man. Uh, 1999. Yeah. I was at my girlfriend's house, man, and Kit calls me and goes, hey, man, Owen, Owen Hart just died. I go, what? Yeah. And I knew the show was going on. I didn't have any idea. He just, that's horrible. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I was watching. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, never mind. Yeah. Well, I'm not go ahead. I was watching the fucking pay per view when it happened, and I I thought it was like an angle because like when when there was on TV, it showed like there was like an interview beforehand. They had the thank God for the delay. Did, yeah, there was a yeah yeah yeah. So you were you were watching it right? You, no, I actually no, wasn't. You I was actually uh, yeah. I was it was just uh, I was just about to graduate high school. Okay. And so I was out having graduation parties and whatnot, and I didn't find out until the next day. The next day, I was at Wet Mile, and someone, and I just happened to hear someone talk about it, and I was like, "What?" So they had showed, if I remember correctly, they showed a Blue Blazer interview from like Sunday Night Heat or whatever that they already recorded. That they had already recorded, and for some reason, like it was just showing. If I remember, showing the crowd. For like an insane amount of time, like an awkward amount of time, like 10, 15 seconds of just crowd panning. And then JR and and it, it's very evident something's happened because Jerry the King Lawler just looks fucking distraught. Like he, like he, like he saw a ghost. Yeah, and Jim Ross is actually just trying to be professional. He doesn't know, he doesn't look like he knows what's going on. He says something's happened, all that. So it was just like, okay, I get it. For me, I'm just like, this is a build-up to the match or something. Well, people give him a hard time about continuing with the show, but what do you do? I mean, I would have stopped. Like, like, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, if I... If I wasn't there. I hate to say it. Uh, want, after watching the, after watching the Vice documentary about it, they should have stopped the fucking show. Well, and they, I, they I shouldn't have had it done in the first I place. I probably saw that, but I don't remember it because I don't know what I had for breakfast. Well, they they revealed that they went with a cheaper like whatever company does that bungee shit. They went with a cheaper company that didn't actually even do bungee. It was uh, board I shit. believe the company. I'm not gonna name the company, but yeah, apparently yeah. They it was it was it was they 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 cut cost and they didn't do a test with Owen <laughs> beforehand. That's a problem. 
Um, and That's his, where the blind his was. latch was just like the size, it was like this, it was the size of my key ring or a little bit smaller. And uh, I remember uh, uh, Owen's wife actually like has it and showed it. It changed my mind on the whole thing. I always thought WWE, uh, whatever, got a bad rap for that. But after watching that documentary, I was like, oh. And then for them to show Vince McMahon's press conference about that, and he's telling off reporters, it's like, well, no, dude, this was this was your responsibility. Don't you know yeah, he's in character and shit, and it's just like it's weird. Yeah, that's sad. You know they're doing like a Netflix documentary on Vince McMahon. WWE is for Netflix and Oh they are now. Yeah, I don't think oh, it's, I don't think it's gonna be totally unbiased. Yeah. He's great and he's never done anything wrong. <laughs> What's a steroid? What's a steroid? Well, that's the, they're just gonna tell the truth. Yeah. Pat Patterson did nothing with the ring boys. Yeah. <laughs> Holy oh shit. my god. Holy shit. So Jay, wow. when did you get into wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> I was turn the air down. Is anybody yeah, else got yeah, a little bit? Uh, I got into wrestling in 1989, so it was December '89. Uh, I know it was December because they were hyping up the big uh, final match between Macho Man Randy Savage and Zeus against uh, Hogan and Beefcake, yeah. and it was uh, there was a Saturday. I guess you could call it a Saturday morning show called uh, WWF Challenge. Okay. And they uh, they played like little, they played house show, you know, matches. And they also had like a little vignette about that. And I was like, well, that looks pretty cool. So I got into that. But I was also, you know, lucky enough to have cable growing up. So on another channel, just a few down, a few hours later on TBS, the Superstation, uh, they had. Oh, mothership. Yeah, they had a, they had a. WCW Saturday Night Wrestling because long before long 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 time before they ever had Nitro uh, Saturday is where you that was the shit it was that 6.05 was, that's what I said and it was 2 hours Eastern that's what got me into wrestling so was, and I watched Saturday. the same thing when I in, in 85, 86 80, you know 87 so when I was in high school 80, 84, 85 yeah 85 sorry so in the early 80s, mid-80s, that's I watched it at 6.05, and that was the night to, they did a studio show. Oh, yeah. And then they would show clips from the big shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, were, they were probably, when you started watching it, they were already in the little arena there in Florida. Yeah, just that, that, little, that little tiny arena. It was like the coolest thing ever. There was a sweet spot. In the early 90s, I'd say probably about 1990 to 1991, where as a wrestling fan in Dallas in particular, you could literally get seven hours straight of wrestling on a Saturday night. Oh, shit. Five to seven would be WCW. Uh, seven to eight would be a USWA like show that was, that was a, a, a little more recent. And then uh, eight to nine, you'd get WCW. Mm. Nine to ten, you'd get another show from WWF called... Uh, WWF superstars. Oh yeah. And then from ten to twelve, they'd usually play the USWA Friday night matches from like a week before. Okay. So I That's mean, when I got in the business, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, those are some those are some awesome times for yeah a ninety ninety. That's that's that was. I don't think I don't think I ever had a day where I had seven hours of wrestling. Every, I mean, nowadays Saturday, I bet you were a fucking wrestling junkie. Oh you? my god! Oh, that's that. Like, if my parents wanted me to behave, they'd take away wrestling, and it would work. No shit. Oh, totally. It would absolutely work. <laughs> That's great, man. That's my dad took away wrestling. Right. You guys, you guys like you that fucking made my fucking rent. Oh yeah, I'm sure, man. <laughs> the my, my dad took away wrestling one time because uh, he caught Hollywood Hogan while he was, you know, channel flipping. flipping. 
And Hollywood uh, Hogan did the promo where he said, I am God. And my dad walked into the room, Hulk Hogan is not God. You can't watch wrestling anymore. I was like, so man, we don't even was, go to church. This like, one what he was, <laughs> when, he was a, when he turned heel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he turned heel, NWO. My dad was like, oh, he's not God. There's only one real guy. I was like, dad, we don't even, we don't even go to fucking church. Like, it's not, you're, so, so you grew up in Dallas. Oh, yeah. I was born in, I was born in Dallas. Okay. So... Yeah. yeah, so you were probably around for the, the Sportatorium days. Oh, the well, first ever live event I ever went to, uh, March 1990, my grandpa. Oh, look at him, man. He knows the fucking day. Oh, sure. And I'll tell you how I, it's very important because in the main event, uh, it was a six-man, and it was a very important six-man. It was the grand return of uh, Eth, uh, Eric Embry. Okay. Was coming back to wow. USWA, and the main event was him, Matt Bourne, and Chris Adams, I believe. And his opponent, the opponents was I can't I can't tell you all three, okay. but I can tell you one. I'm probably I'm probably filling the third. Yeah, the, the little guy with some long blonde hair. You might know him better as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Steve Williams. <laughs> he should co-host this fucking podcast. It's good, man. You are. You're fucking big time, Mark, bro. Oh, I'm so every that would be so that was here. okay. So who you said it was Eric Embry. And Matt Bourne and later Matt, later Doink. Okay, course. Matt Bourne, mm-hmm. who was who I loved in the business, did a lot for me in the You've business. You've probably seen Chris wrestling. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I have. have. I'm sure I have. Um, and then so that was probably his, his, his their opponents was probably Steve for Chris, and then uh, probably uh, Matt would have been. Yeah, I can remember all the uh, rivalries because. It was so for for uh, for for Eric Embry was probably Gary Young. Okay. And then uh, for Matt Bourne, I don't I don't I don't know who he was feuding with at, at the time. That's on you, on YouTube, you can find a ton of uh, of these like these like two hour slots, but I can't find the one I was at. And it's it was it might was, actually been Cactus Jack. Might have been. Well, yeah, Carrie was still with the Carrie was still with the company. Okay, so it probably was. And it was right. I think it was right before he actually started feuding with Matt Bourne. Okay, that was like Matt. That was Matt Bourne's big then, heel turn. Right, and then and Matt and then Matt was managed by Percy Pringle. I remember that when they were outside in the parking lot, yeah. body slamming each other on cars and yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. my God, that's a. Good time to score tournament. Oh, I can't contribute oh, anything it. to this conversation. Oh, you missed oh, the sport it. Of tor- that's a that was a that was a, I only went once, but that was a very very special time. I'm very fucking jealous. I, I got a picture with Kerry Von Erich. He put the Texas title over my shoulder. Oh, over awesome. my shoulder. I got to see Kevin Von Erich wrestle uh, John Tatum, and Kevin Von Erich had this really crazy finishing move. It was a body scissor. He would he would he would he would the guy now. Now John Tatum was was six four. Yeah, he was big. Wrap, wrap your and legs around. Yeah, he from, would jump up. That's hot. And wrap his legs <laughs> around the guy's um, torso. Uh, torso, or he would do it on the guy's neck. Yeah, either one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would like grab his legs and lock his legs around where he was vertical. Yeah. And do the same thing at a head scissors or body scissors, and it's pretty. Wow, he that move. He straight. He straight up. He like they they sold it as John Tatum passed out and he pinned him just like it was a clean one two three it was so like the Kevin, cleanest match of the night. Kevin was honestly probably the most athletic out yeah. of all the guys. But no one does that move nowadays. Like no one does. It's a little old school. Yeah, a little old school. I feel like it would still work though. If still if, if you had the right person, probably. Yeah. Kevin's got that. Kevin, can, you know, Kevin. We talked about Roadhouse, but Kevin Von Erich really kind of felt like. 
that kind of mindset. He was always a very zen individual. Mm-hmm. If you if you, you watch any documentary now, he lives in Hawaii, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and you the know, boys live in Hawaii. And yeah, he's he's just got this. He's you know, obviously he's the last one alive yeah. of the Von Erich brothers. Yeah. And his his acceptance speech. That's how that's how I got that's how I got the place in Hawaii. <laughs> he sold all his tapes to Vince. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah. And it was, Did you get that? Now, what about that phone call when the when the Von Erichs? Well, I was know. there for uh, I was there for Carrie. Yeah. Uh, I got in. Uh, I got in shortly after Mike had was gone, and they had brought Lance in. Yeah. And then, um, and then I was uh, there when uh, Carrie had was. In fact, I was there the night that he made the announcement that he was going to WWF. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he signed a contract uh, with them. And that's kind of what really closed the business down. And the people really don't understand this is that that's what closed the business down because the boys had a certain percentage of the company when Jerry Jarrett bought it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that um, that would continue as long as the boys didn't go somewhere else. Yeah. And I don't know that they actually knew that that was that clause was in their contract, but Kerry kind of it was an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah, well, and, and that was another crazy thing about the Von Erics is that you know they were legit millionaires mm-hmm. based on just the world class. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely Fritz was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that uh, I know the place that he this was late eighties. The place that he bought out by Tyler, where they lived for the last years of their lives, um, well, I think I think he spent like cost him like three million dollars. Mm-hmm. It was a huge piece of property, and I mean that's the of course I'm getting that second hand through you know other reliable sources, but the, I mean you know and the money that he would make out of the. Uh, um, shows that he did in Texas Stadium alone, you know, the memorials for, for David. I mean, they, he made a shit ton of money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good on, top of, on top of, on top of... Didn't they wrestle at Texas Stadium? Yeah, that's time? that's where the, that's where all the, oh, they wrestled Texas Stadium a shit ton of before, times. Before Jerry Jones came His in reti- and said... Kerry no Von Erich beat... Uh, Rick Flair. Rick Flair for, at for Texas. The, for, the end, right. for the NWA World That's Title. That's the rematch okay. of the match you okay, made yeah, me right, watch. Right. Yeah. So once again, so that was the first David Von Erich Memorial mm-hmm. was Kerry winning the World Title from from uh, from Flair. Once again, just like we talked about Sting. Now Kerry was Kerry was immersed in the business, and he was the body of the group, yeah. obviously. And the guy that they were leaning towards after David was gone, Dave was probably going to end up being a, a, a long run world title holder. Yeah, yeah. He he was the he was the one with like the it factor. He had he could do an interview and not stumble with it at all. Knew exactly was what this to Texas say. Texas tornado? No, 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 no. This was David. That, oh, no. He wasn't the he wasn't the biggest. He, wasn't, he was the tallest. He was, he was about tallest. six seven. Yeah. He, he wasn't. He, 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 he wouldn't. He say looked he was, just like he looked. It looked almost carbon copy for it. Yeah, he was just a. He was what you just call a complete wrestler. Yeah. Just who, who would, who's like someone of today that you could probably compare him to? Man, that's, like AJ Styles, maybe. Nah, just because no. just 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 someone. He would probably. He would probably. I mean, he would probably lean towards the 
a kind of the methodical movements of maybe uh, Undertaker. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. just just and just a Big, great tall worker. guy, you know, like is he the one who's like stomach ruptured? Yeah, in Tokyo? he's the one that died in Japan. Yeah, and yeah. then, uh, but but if you'll go back and once again watch that Kerry Von Erich match against Ric Flair, watch how simple Flair calls the match. You're gonna ruin this match like, too. Like like how <laughs> simple. He calls that match, and mm-hmm. he pins him on a backslide. Yep. Like, that's, like, literally one of the most... But back then, you didn't have to make anything complicated. Not really. Like, no. now, I mean, if you don't... Yeah, like, the last thing you... you the, I mean, you know, I, I expect guys to bring a fucking shotgun out and shoot these dudes sometimes. <laughs> it's like, so, and they still have a false finish. And that's all that's fucking left. Pull the shotgun out and shoot him. <laughs> But it's the the backslide. It's it's so simple. It, yeah. It's gone from a hip toss into a backslide. Mm-hmm. Watch the match. It's like Flair keeps it so simple. But what makes the difference is the way Flair sells. Yeah. Now same thing with the, the the match that we just talked about with Sting on the first class of champions. Everything that makes that match is the way that Flair sells. Absolutely. So, nowadays, you know, if a match ended on a backslide. They go, what the be, fuck was that? Controversial, yeah. Right. I think that you know a lot of people consider Ric Flair the greatest of all time, and I think one of the things that makes Flair's legacy so amazing is that he knew how to make wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you, Absolutely. You're, you're, you know, anyone. I mean, I hate, I hate saying that anyone could be a, a, a superstar. Anyone could be a superstar, but it takes a very, very special individual to make superstars. Mm-hmm. In that regard, you're worth 10 times as much as your biggest guy. Yeah. Because you're literally just creating the future. So there's a wrestler. And he never needed to like reinvent himself either. He never needed to do any of that. The stuff. only thing that you... The haircut, the, maybe. The biggest thing you can say about Flair is that he did steal the name Nature Boy from Buddy Rogers. Right. Yeah. But... Um, but he didn't. But, but he think, drove it like he stole he, it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He did it better yeah. than anybody else. Yeah. yeah, no, but he made it. Like he, like, yeah. he, like it was like a it hostile takeover. Yeah. Like it meant something. Yeah. Um, he, uh, if you could probably find this online, and it was a uh, Saturday night TV taping in the studio, and it's a match between Flair and this young guy named Sam Houston. Oh yes. And. Sam Sam Houston was green as goose shit. The founding shit. father of Texas. No. no, Sam Houston. He was like a he was he was almost like a jobber to the stars in, in world class. But he'd get a, he'd get a, he'd get a few licks in here and oh, there. Wow. He's Chuck Snake's brother. Yeah. Uh, oh oh okay yeah yeah yeah. And uh, and he was married to Baby Doll. He okay. was he was another big son of a bitch too. Right. He was tall. He was six, like six four, eight, yeah. yeah. He was a big big tall kid. But anyway, watch the match, and Flair. Calls a really simple match, mm. but I'm telling you, Sam Houston, it made him somebody. It made him to the point where he could do jobs all the time, but he almost beat Ric Flair. Yeah. On a Saturday night TV tape, like Flair literally took this kid and made him, like he wrote his th- really the rest of his career yeah. on that one match that made, and he was a good worker. Don't get me wrong. That was the thing about it. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Houston. One thing I can tell you about Sam Houston is one yeah, of the. You like this beer, bro? Little yeah, mind there. He was he was one of the first wrestlers I ever saw that used the Indian Deathlock as his finisher. 
Yeah, you don't see the Indian Death Lock. Uh, the only, you know, the last time I, I saw it, I saw you, Triple H do yeah, it to to uh, Booker T WrestleMania Booker T, nineteen, and that's the last time I saw it. <laughs> it's a very disgusting Com- move. A complicated looking figure four, but it, it but like. it looks painful. It looks it painful. It's probably not though. Yeah, I'll put it in your. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know, man. Figure right four is painful. As oh yeah. Fuck. Oh yeah. No, you ever do it on your friends when you're kids? Fuck, I. Oh yeah. Which, it's the, I've done it in the ring, bro. Is it the oh, ankle yeah. that gets the pressure, or is it the knee? It's the shin, really. The shin, okay. It's those two shins that cross mm-hmm. over, and you put pressure on them and lock them in. I mean, you pop your shin doing it. You Chris, know. you did it in the ring. Chris, you were a wrestler. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, I don't know. You want to play a game? All right, let's do. Let's right. let's do. So Dan we do Lando a little game. Okay. I don't know if you've heard it. You, you can haven't. help me. He's you, allowed to help me. If you know who this is, let Dan guess a little bit. Chris, now, text I, I, me the I'm, picture. Is not, I'm, I would not be surprised if Dan gets this right off the bat. Okay. But you've said this before, and then I've been stumped. These are uh, this this pretty easy, and uh, I'm put my glasses on here. He said, I got to put my glasses on gotta, here, and then took my, his glasses off. I got to pull my glasses oh, off. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> now, there's the first picture. I was like, you're losing your mind, Chris. There's the second picture, and I even got the third picture for he you. He used to just print out the whole Wikipedia article. I'm serious. 40 pages. Man, fuck Wikipedia them trees. Articles. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> I was just like, Chris, man, you got to stop doing this. Just text me the pictures. <laughs> I, I didn't know how long. Okay, this wrestler is were. an uh, is a uh, actual uh, NCAA champion wrestler. Is it gonna be Brock Lesnar or something? Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. You, you probably know who it is. Oh yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah, right off the bat, easy. Oh, which one is he in this picture? Who? I mean, I mean, I know it's not Andre. Who's the other guy? Who's I mean, that's Bruno San Martino, right. and, and then so that's, that's the third that's guy. Luthes. No. No? Negative. 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 Let me look. Negatory. He's also the star of the first movie ever called The Wrestler. You're right. You're right. With, <laughs> with, I never uh, saw that. The original The with, Wrestler. With uh, uh, the guy who played Lou Grant, right? What is his name? Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, 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 fucking, oh, God. I can't even remember also, Lou Grant. He also, he also, I'll give you a hint. He also was at one time probably Vince's biggest competition. Oh, uh, Bill Watts? Nope. No. Um, um, this is this is what we didn't do. We didn't tell these people who were doing. Usually I make you go out and I tell them who it is. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. No, people are guessing as they're listening. They can to guess this it. Going is. So this, uh, no, I, so I, he is a, uh, he is a, um, what NC, company? He owned he a company. He's an NCAA. Um, uh, freestyle wrestler. Uh, he was uh, he was uh, Just tell Olympic me what Games. He owned. <laughs> tell me. I can't tell you. He helped. Uh, he helped uh, build a ton of careers that you would definitely. Yeah, he, know. Uh, you can he help ha- me. What company he, did he, he helped, give it away? He helped to he helped to kick off Hulk Hogan's career. Hulkamania, right. Mister Perfect would definitely and, tell you. And this gentleman is the, also the gentleman that told told Hulk he couldn't do. The uh, Rocky movie. No, no, no. That was that was McMahon. Well, and then and then well, and it was actually this particular individual oh, no, that right. made yeah, him yeah. go to 
to Vince and worked for Vince because he was working for this individual, and he told him he couldn't do it, and and uh, and Hogan pie faced him. No, Bill Apter's the fucking journalist. Um, he's, the, um, he's the editor of PWI. The editor of PWI. Uh, 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 he played football. He was a football. That does not help. He, I don't know. He, he was in a tag team with his son. Yes, his son uh, wrestled. And his, son, his son's name is Greg. Yeah, his son's name is Greg. Oh, gun. Vern Gunn. Oh, You're almost there. Yeah. Vern Gag. Ganya. Ganya. Vern Ganya. You bastards. Vern Ganya. You're going to get me on pronunciation, Vern bastards. So I'm sorry, the folks that are listening, I'm sorry I didn't tell you who the uh, actual no, person was this time. No, they knew who it time, was. But, they knew but, uh, what you were describing. But so once again... Dan couldn't guess Vern Gagne. No, no, but I did. I did. You didn't have to tell me the answer. No, I got a point. You sons of bitches. <laughs> so, you, so here's the deal. You knew I, who I knew who it was. It here's just, the deal, Dan. For all so these many... people that you haven't been able to guess, you need to go back and do research. No, I know. So I knew know who, who that was. Are. I just get names confused from everybody that Vince has betrayed in the fucking past. That I didn't fucking. You get them mixed up. I'm going to stump him on the next one, too. So no, you're you not. you guys come and tune in for the next podcast because I'm going to stump him on that one, too. I got so that. So what's the name of this uh, game that we play every week? What is it called? Dan might have a clue. I had a clue. I Dan just got the doesn't have a clue. Up. No, he might have a clue. I had a clue. Okay, so I you was... got it with enough hints. You got it. And you no, knew I that knew who he, he, was. he owned a promotion. You just couldn't think of his name. I just couldn't think of his name if you would have said the promotion. But when you said his son's name, I was like, boom. So what's the name of the promotion, name. though? Fucking, oh, hey, kids, oh. still doesn't no, no asshole, don't do this to me. No, you put me on the spot. It's not the WWF. No, it was... Uh, it's not the uh, NWA. Stop it! <laughs> was it, was it Mid-South? It wasn't it was Mid-South. Mid-South. It wasn't the UWF. Was it, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't FCW. It was... Oh, God, I'm going to... Oh, oh. A... AWA. Thank you. Thank you. Stop it! I'll tell you this. <laughs> AWA had some interesting toys. They had, a, they had some interesting AWA, toys. AWA was great fucking real old-time wrestling. Oh, for sure. So, uh, just like this is them being a Midwest territory, so um, they went against the rules of really, uh, you know, the Northeast WWF or WWWF was a babyface territory, which meant the champion was usually babyface. And it was all the heels trying to chase the babyface to win the title. Yeah. Okay. Southern wrestling was always a heel chant, uh, heel territory, which meant the heels had were the champion. The baby faces were chasing me. Jerry the King so, Lawler yeah. is a huge example of that. So yeah, yeah. Flair, um, you know, but it always it would change hands. Uh, Terry Funk, um, uh, Harley Race, Harley Race. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Harley Harley Race technically a Midwest wrestler. So the AWA went with that type of usually a heel. Uh, Are you sure? Because I mean, Vern kept that title. Well, for Vern years. did keep it for a long time, and uh, you know, uh, Martel, Rick Martel, yeah. held it for quite a while too. I think their biggest, I think their biggest heel champ at AWA was Nick Bockwinkel. That's that's who I'm reflecting on. It's really yeah. Nick Bockwinkel, and that's Bo- a great last name too. Bockwinkel. Bockwinkel. He just he was he was a genius, mm-hmm. and, and and just such a just came across. Not as a uh, 
shithead. Uh, he came off as, as almost you were jealous of him because he was so refined. If if Doctor Doom was a wrestler, <laughs> his name would be Nick Bach. That's, that's, that's a pretty good example. And many comic book fans would be let down. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, he he's Doctor Doom's real name is very Bach intelligent, Bach. very well read. His a, promos were a, amazing. A, a, a very educated individual. Wasn't Jericho inspired by uh, Bachwinkle. Oh, uh, now, oh, now, now he's now, now he's the the modern day Bachwinkle. No, I'm just saying when Jericho went. He, Did you hear this he'll, last he'll, week? Did you yeah, hear this? yeah, I heard you. Uh, you compared uh, Jericho to Ric Flair. Double. He is the modern day Ric Flair. Not. He is, the, but can you see what I'm saying by that? I th- I I I disagree, but I, I think it's because Jericho is his own thing. He is his own thing, but like if you were to like if you were I'll give to, him that. But if you were to like compare and now his what he's doing on group, you know and now what he's doing on AEW is, is I don't know what kind of thing he is. He is the greatest wrestler. But he's doing today. fucking dance. Apparently, doing dance. Song and numbers. dance. It was brilliant. Did you watch? That? It was. It was pretty brilliant. Thank you. But they're. But it's because they're setting up. They're definitely setting up a massive face turn mm-hmm. with somebody, either on MJF or Jericho. Oh no! It's probably gonna be Jericho. It's probably gonna be Jericho. Yeah, they're gonna. They're probably gonna face each other at full gear. Who's this? A Jericho and who? And the other guy in the song and dance. MJF. What's that? Who MJF? Potentially, in twenty-five years. You might see yeah. people come back. Is that, is that, the, is that the yeah. kid that was with Cody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good, man. Mm-hmm. He's, he's good. A good heel. Good huh. heel. Good on the mic. I like. He looks like he's gonna be a forever heel. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of those guys in the business, but like, well, he's pissing people off on Twitter without them knowing he's a wrestler. Rick, Rick Rude to me is one of yeah. those wrestlers okay. that could, even though he was apparently a super devout family man. Yeah. His character was some guy who was literally. He was sleeping with your wife every night. That's exactly. His, but he was, as a person, he was complete opposite. Apparently, I'm told Rick Rude was a true badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Like a real badass. Arm like, wrestling champ. Arm wrestling champ. He would, uh, He apparently, I heard a story, like, I guess it was a story, maybe it was at his Hall of Fame induction, where uh, these huge bodybuilders were, were doing a rowing machine, and just to show him up, he did it one One-handed. Arm. One arm. So, so the Perfect so, so I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, all those guys that grew up in Minnesota and came up with the AWA oh, territory, absolutely. a lot of them were trained by by Vern Gagne. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, so guys like all the Minnesota guys. So uh, Kurt Henning, who's Larry the Axe Henning's son, mm-hmm. um, uh, Rick Rude, uh, the Road Warriors. Oh yeah. Uh, Barry Darso. Yeah. Um, Smash one, of demolition. And one, you know. did, one, yeah. did one, two, three kid Sean Waltman fit in that? No, he, he came through Dallas. Guy. He came yeah. through Dallas. I G- thought he, he was oh, a lightning kid. GWF. Well, like, he's from Minneapolis. Kid. Probably one of my favorite matches of all time is that two out of three falls match where he lost the light heavyweight title to Jerry Lynn. Uh-huh. Mm. Trey Magnifique. See, I thought, I thought maybe <laughs> he might have been because he's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Possibly. I, I, my so. first experience with him was GWF. Okay. Well, and I, I think I, I, I always heard he was Southern based. He might because have been I heard through. I don't know if this was true or not, but when he came to the territory, I heard he was uh, like uh, maybe not a first nephew, but but some sort of a relation to Joe Petticino. Oh, okay. okay. Who was helping with the, the was helping to run the, the Global Wrestling Federation. He was know. super young. Super so, young. Yeah, he was young. He was eighteen. Yeah. I think he was eighteen. I only caught like a little bit of GWF. Yeah, 
so, so did everybody else. I mean, <laughs> smaller the, amount of time the, than everybody the biggest, else. The biggest star to come out of GWF, I think most people would say, would be the Patriot. Uh, Patriot, yeah. but we also had guys like uh, a guy at the uh, guy at the time they called uh, Scotty the Body, who would become Raven. And then they also had a uh, they also had a tag team called the Ebony Experience. Uh, yeah, Ebony Experience, who would, they would become the Harlem would. Heat. Yep. Oh, okay. Five times. Yeah, wrestled those guys. Um, uh, let's see who else came through here. Um, I mean, Jerry Lynn was. Jerry we did have Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. Terry Gordy had, it had a That's, resurgence. Norman, um, Norman the Maniac became yeah, like he a... would become Bastion Booger. Yeah. That sounds like an incredible roster. Oh, it was. They were all new in the their, business. What was the GWF's downfall? Well, um, GWF is what USWA basically became. Well, yeah. well no, no, it was after USWA. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. USWA um, became, they, they changed the name of the Sportatorium. They called it the Global Dome. Yeah. Which was a which was a little blaspheme at the time. Yeah, very blaspheme. We also had a young guy come through to do some managing. Uh, oh, we uh, who his brother was a wrestler, and uh, his brother's named Doctor Tom Pritchard. Oh yeah, and, Bruce Pritchard. Uh, Bruce Pritchard came through mm-hmm. here with his long uh, blonde hair, and he wasn't. No, so no, no one knew he was Brother Love. Nobody knew. Yeah, because that Brother Love makeup was so. Red. Over, over yeah. the top, yeah. yeah, and slick back hair, but you knew the voice. You know, this guy sounds like someone I know. He I should do a podcast. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard. Oh, should he? <clears throat> I heard he might. <clears throat> he should, you know, find his Easy Top song and and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been fun today, Jay. Well, it's been good. Thanks for coming out, Jay. I, I did have a, I did have a clue, Jay. Do you well, ho- hope hopefully this audio comes out, and if it doesn't, we're just going to blame it on. Uh, oh no, the we'll just we'll just re-record an opening and everything. It'll be it'll be fine. Jay, is there anything you want to uh, plug? Plug away, bro. Not really, man. Just uh, you know, just support your local artists. You know, support you know local your local wrestling shows, live entertainment, any way you can. Stay safe. You know, go say hi to Jay at the Addison Improv on a weekend. Say hey, I heard you on Counting Lights podcast. Book Chris Germany. Book Chris <laughs> Germany. Keep Dan Danzi away. You can keep him away. We actually no, like put it. Dan on the no, show. No, no, too. no. We like it when Dan's not on stage. Book Chris Germany. <laughs> yeah, just keep, keep listening to the podcast and keep uh, yeah, and I I'll stay listening to the podcast. Uh, check us out on Counting Lights podcast on Twitter. We're on Twitter now, Chris. Find oh, yeah, us at cool. Cap- yeah, you don't know what the fuck uh, that what's, is. What's Twitter? <laughs> what's the- you can find us at counting underscore, uh, c- uh, counting underscore lights, uh, at counting underscore lights on Twitter. Uh, check out. We're about to have Patreon soon. So at donations, you get shout-outs, you get stuff from Chris and I. We'll do don't some forget, fun stuff. Don't forget November 14th at Oak Island's Brewery. Brawl for it all, too. That's right. Brought Oak Island's Brewery. Counting Lights. Podcast itself, we got Rodney Mack main eventing. We also have a twenty man battle royal, uh, a bunch of other things happening. It's gonna be socially distant, safe, all that good stuff. And uh, he's Chris Germany, and that's Dan Danzi. And this has been Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up.